I'm Matt Bronger. This might help. I am not a doctor. This might help. I'm not a professional. Let's have fun. This honestly is a good time. I'm Matt Bronger. This might help the podcast. Hey, uh, welcome to another episode of This Might Help with Matt Bronger, the only advice podcast that has ever existed or ever mattered. Um, <laughs> tongue in cheek. Uh, today, I have an old friend. Uh, I was thinking, I don't even know when we've met, man, uh, when we started hanging out, but it just it just clicked. You are, and this joke never gets old, notoriously a real asshole. <laughs> but <laughs> Josh Gondelman, who is notoriously the nicest uh, man and, uh, oh, thank and, you. and, and uh, funniest but I'm I'm glad I finally got a chance to get you on the show. How are you, man? Thank you for having me. I'm 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 doing okay. You know, like trying to trying to be helpful and useful and uh, and and living and you know just like trying to to get get through this period and, and make myself a, a person of of utility. Um, I also don't remember when we met, but you are. I've said this to you before. You are one of my my wife Maris's absolute favorite comedy people to hang out with, which is oh, like man. a huge thing. That's I, I I take that as no small compliment because I I'm a big fan of hanging out with her too. She's she's so fun and oh she's the best. Yeah, absolutely. And that that dinner uh, the four of us had uh, yeah was so awesome. Just the best hanging out at, and and learning so much about her and her family and and how you guys met and everything. And um you you are fantastic, you New Yorkers. And, uh, and you're like a, a very, you know, right, right now we are in a time of, of, uh, uh, upheaval. It's an interesting, hard, uh, awful kind of time, uh, with a lot of street action happening. And, um, it's, you know, it's one of those things where I've always tried to keep the podcast, you know, quote unquote, excuse the, the corn, but, um, time, timeless more than timely, mm-hmm. but there are things that are timeless, like, uh, sadly, racism and uh, mm-hmm. bigotry and um, uh, inequalities. So uh, this thing is kind of being uh, addressed and met he- head on. And um, uh, uh, you, I mean, you're the head writer of a black show. Would you define it as as black show? I guess. I mean, the the we uh, two, the hosts are two two black men. I'm I'm a um, writer and co EP. There's a head writer above me. God, I'm um, sorry. Yeah, I, I yeah that's okay. No, no problem at all. I just I. Uh, pathologically can't allow myself to take any more credit than I feel like. Oh, I and do. I wouldn't, I wouldn't advise taking that credit either. <laughs> you were just like, yeah, that's me. <laughs> that's me. Very cool. Sometimes people say it at stand-up shows and I don't correct them because it's just such a weird way to start out a stand-up set to be like, actually I'm not. And they're like, we don't care. <laughs> you can't. I mean, anytime someone was just like, he was, he's been on a nice show with Jimmy Fallon. I can't be like, no, it was right. when uh, someone else, you know what? Forget no. it. It's Forget fine. It. No one will remember or. Yep. Yeah. So one cares, no one's mad. Yeah, but it's, um, I mean, we've been off this week just by coincidence, um, but I always try to like write in a way that is inobtrusive and like respectful of the, of Jesus and Marrow. And sure. they, that's the show I wrote for. And they, um, they are, they improvise so much that it's also like kind of fortunately, we don't have to like put too much in their mouths in terms of like, hey, here's what you guys think about this. And they'll go, we'll tell them what we think. <laughs> Don't know. Oh, I think that would be impossible. Yeah. I think you could actually write a comedy about a writer who is just uh, obtrusive and kept yeah. obfuscating and, and his or her viewpoint in front of theirs because it would yeah. never work. No, they, you know? they're like, their viewpoint is so clear. They're so funny and, and talented and so talented at like extemporizing. And yeah. so like there's a, a stuff like, where you want to find out what they think, you just kind of tee them up just to say what they're going to think, and then you'll hear it in like incredibly clear, hilarious terms. Yep, I, I would even suggest in like five or ten years' time, you could do a Larry Sanders type show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. them with a character that you could play mm-hmm. uh, that wouldn't be you at all, <laughs> but was like, but who is the head writer, uh, but is constantly giving them opinions or premises that they just crumple yeah. and throw away. Yeah, and you just fume. From backstage, you know, yeah, <laughs> they're all like, then they're all like thirty rock type bad ideas too. They're just like, what about a uh, fart surgeon, like a heart surgeon, but a fart surgeon? <laughs> yeah, that is truly. We just, my wife and I just rewatched Thirty Rock, the whole series in quarantine. Oh yeah, and here, hold that thought. Sorry, go for it. 
I got to shut this door. Oh. It just, it's this ghost door that doesn't, mm -hmm. uh, and you can leave this in, Renee. I, I really don't care. But it's like, it just ghostly opens. I record in mm -hmm. my, uh, my my upcoming daughter's nursery, which used to be in office. Yeah, yep. so I think it's just a fucking ghost of the fetus right now that keeps pushing the yeah. door. Yeah. Like, what are you doing in there? Which is what- Daddy, I'm, I'm in here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So- Go. Sorry. Oh, so rewatch thirty. That's okay. We rewatched Thirty Rock, and like yeah, yeah, yeah. one of the best, most wonderful things about it is how they they intentionally punt on like making the sketch comedy good at all. Like yeah, they just because yeah. it's so hard to do. And I think I read like Scott Adzett talking about it. Like it's so hard to have like the show within a show yes. be as good as the show on the outside. So they just make everything stink, and it's so funny. Oh, it ha I mean, I, you know. I often wonder if I should talk about this, but I, but I just do. Uh, the, one of the guys who was of Mad TV uh, was uh, Jack Donaghy is loosely based on him. Oh, he's, that's so he's funny. He's an amalgam of him. He, it's, he's maybe an eighth of that guy. But, he's, yeah. but one thing about him is he would come into like, like writers, like uh, um, table reads, let's say, and there's that there's that one episode of Thirty Rock where he Jack is like I'll just sit in I won't say anything yeah 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 and uh, and and uh, Judah is like all I got is fart nuggets and Jack falls out laughing and then someone yeah. else, like we heard fart nuggets I think we're good you yeah know, basically in, in effect <laughs> just just stomps out any eight other people's it's ideas so funny and that was one thing about that guy he liked anything fart related anything oh, like that that's so, so good so it's just shit like that and also. Tammy Sager, who is like, she, she and I go way back to. Yeah. Tammy's uh, incredible. Uh, she's just, if you want someone to help you write better or tune up any, she can just look at an idea and go, all right, I would do this, 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 you yeah. know, like one of those people of uh, which there are like maybe 10 in comedy that I For sure. name, but, um, she, I mean, I loved when she would go off on like <laughs> studio, studio 60 on the sunset. Strip. Yeah. 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 Cause that was one thing I, you know, I, I, as I've talked to you about, I've never staffed. I've never actually written yeah. wrote for Mad TV. I've written projects for myself, but I've never actually been in, I've, I've done punch up, but I've never done like mm -hmm. staff staffed. And mm -hmm. it was so fun reading her Twitter rants about how, how bad studio 60 was, how That's like so the funny. one comedy writer was just, just, you know, choosing the hill to die on of Comedia dell'arte in, yep. in Italy, you know, which people incredible original comedy and like com comedians couldn't give two shits about no nope. you know, stuff like that. I don't know a single comedian who is like who is that pretentious. Like I know pretentious comics, but nobody's who th who's at the level of like this. What we have to put on TV is an homage to a like kind of classic, but rarely produced form of Italian comedic theater, mm -hmm. and it's it's like. It's so good. Even the first, the pilot episode, I haven't seen the whole series, but the pilot episode, they end, they're like, we have to write, they're basically like, we have to write the greatest sketch because we've been off the air in scandal and we have to do a sketch that addresses the scandal and is so hilarious. And it's a Gilbert and Sullivan parody oh. about like their own internal dysfunction. And then at the end, they're like, we've done it. <laughs> Which, which, even if you home fucking run something, yes, in your heart of hearts, you're like, ah, I see what I did wrong. I see yep. what I did wrong. Right. You can never, like, you can't take credit for being funny in the way yeah. that that does. No, no. I, I, I think I, I'm, I think I've mentioned this to you, but I remember there's a guy who I, I remember I was in, I was, do, I was doing a set in Portland and I got off stage and this dude, uh, Ron um, Osborne would always just say something uh, negative to you, but say it so sincerely, you would believe him for like a half second and then be like, yeah, shut up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Killing and getting off stage and him being like, well, that had to hurt. And he was so <laughs> deadpan that I, I believed him over the crowd and was like, right, 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 right. Oh, fuck you, Ron. You know, I but it, it was good. That's how, you know, because like, I will say this, I love having you on the show, not just because you're a friend and you're funny, but you are someone who's given me a lot of writing advice. Oh, I will thank send you stuff sometimes and, you know, you give me really good advice and helpful advice, but very honest, which is of course what you need. But I, could, do, I imagine, do you get a lot of people asking you advice uh, in 
in not only comedy or writing or, or, or I should just leave it there. Do you get a lot of advice asks? I do. It's not as much. I, I have friends that get more and I don't know why, like what, what makes it more or less, but I try to be really helpful with advice because I feel like it's so, uh, unless somebody's being a monster, unless somebody's <laughs> like, Hey, get me this job. And there, yeah. then I, there's somebody I don't know. I, I will try. It's such a vulnerable act, right? Like for a friend, but, or a stranger to be like, Hey, I really, I don't know who to turn to. I like, I'm trying to figure out how to navigate this kind of thorny field. And do you, can you, do you have any advice? And I always will try, especially if it's somebody, if it's somebody I don't know, I still will try to email back, but I'll go, I can't like meet up. It'll be a lot of like, can I get you a coffee and pick your brain? And I'll go, I can't do that because my schedule is pretty hectic, but there's, I always have half an hour in the next few days total to respond to an email. So if you write me some specific questions, I will answer them to the best of my ability and and I'll try to be specific and thorough. Some of them I get a lot. So I'll do a cut and paste. Like they'll be like, how did you get started? And I'll be like, cut, paste. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's also, that's the kind of thing where like, I think sometimes, because I I love to give specific advice. Like I love to read writing, your writing. I have one of my best friends, my buddy, uh, Jason Marcus is a a screenwriter. And he, he was actually like incredible training as a friend and an editor. Cause he'll be like, just tell me everything that's wrong. And like, I'll like tense up my guts and take it. You know what I mean? Like he was like, just give it to me straight. And so, because I think before he and I like lived together and like looked at each other's stuff all the time, I would be too gentle on people. And he like, looking at his stuff, like trained me for how to give better constructive criticism. Yeah, it's, it is that it's that, it's that (laughs) like, it makes me think of, um, what was the what was the 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 jazz movie where he kept uh, J.K. Oh, uh, shoot, Whiplash. Whiplash. I was about to say like Whippoorwill or something. I know it was, but it, <laughs> it, is that, it is that thing of like I don't think you have to be necessarily that intense. But you know Hemingway was not wrong when he was like just be merciless yeah. with yourself and others in terms of art because it just you're not doing them any favors. And I think you can be merciful while being merciless. If that Absolutely. makes any sense, like Absolutely. you can. I I think there's a way to go like, hey, this thing just like really doesn't work for me like I don't I don't know it's just not coming across and I think yes. here are some you know what I mean you don't have to be like this sucks idiot <laughs> no I mean I wrote a, a whole thing about uh you know when my a couple I had a couple cousins pass away and you you said in one section you're like I don't love this information about this other thing I think it distracts from the stuff I care about more mm-hmm. and it was yeah. the, the way you put it that way I was like oh yeah perfect you know um it, it that is it's just as easy to be like I don't like this part is dumb, you know? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Like, I mean, you, you did it in, in, uh, just way, way better said. And it, it had a lot, it had a lot, it gave me a lot more understanding. Oh, thank it, you. It, it, do, it you do you get a lot of people like outside of the podcast asking you for advice on things? Yeah. I mean, uh, uh, the thing I always, the thing that cracks me up is I'll post the number for this, uh, for this, uh, podcast. Um, and, uh, the, like I'll get people that will write underneath it. Oh, can you help me with this? It's like, call in. <laughs> call the thing. Call the call thing. The, this is, I'm not going to write you back. Thing. It's no, like, this is I it. can't help you because mm-hmm. your reading comprehension is yeah. not, it's not, it's beyond help. Uh, other than that, it'll be like, if I'm hanging out with comedians and yeah, uh, it's like probably 50, 50, they'll ask, you know, uh, uh, industry showbiz stuff, or yeah. they'll be like, I'm kind of dealing with this thing. Cause we do have this, 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 this family. Yeah. That's, that's, that's one thing that I've been struggling to find. And I have found a lot of, I won't call them silver linings to this, but the things that are, that have been highlighted that because Mm -hmm. of this, because of the quarantine, uh, and, and the, uh, you know, the, 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 the protests and what's going on is, is, is comedy is, is, uh, it's not on stage anymore, but it's still family. You know, yeah. like where all these ties exist because we all, it, it is this kind of, for kind of a fraternal order where mm-hmm. uh, even I, I could mention one or two uh, comedians, I won't by name, that are frankly sociopaths. And sure. I know them and their lives. They are nice to everyone that is a comedian, no matter mm-hmm. if they've done one or a million sets. And they're yeah. dicks to everyone else. Which yeah, is yeah, 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 yeah. 
but does I but am right says something that <laughs> you're one of them obviously yeah <laughs> <laughs> I, but i do think that there's something to that i think there's like kind of this this mythos right of the comedian as like a the stand-up especially as like a lone wolf right we hate each other like, yeah it, we hate each other always alone and i think it's yeah. so especially when you're in your home city performing it's super social and collaborative everyone's sure. seen and even on the road it's like there have been so few weekends that i've been on the road in my whole career where i felt like oh i'm fully alone right now right yeah yeah i mean i i i i i there i i don't hate anyone i'm jealous a oh, lot yeah. of people, I, you know, and not just, I'm not even talking about careers. I mean, I'll see someone do a joke and be like, yeah, oh, you, that was yeah. so good. I hate you, mm-hmm. but, I, but I love that. I hate you. I, I, I'm, I find new, new comedians. I'm a fan of every single day. You know, I, yeah. it's a weird analogy. I just feel it's, you know, Pete Townsend didn't smash his guitar because he was mad at Jimi Hendrix. <laughs> right. You know, it's like, it, it, you, he probably saw Hendrix and was like, holy shit, man. Yeah, he told everyone he knew about them. Yeah, that's how you are. That's how I am. When I see a comedian, no one, might, I'm like, you gotta check this person. Now. Yeah, you know, it's a great, especially like you hear a great joke, like you're out at a show, you're sitting in the back of the room, and you hear a joke, like I'll text it to a friend. I'll be like, dude, this person has this new joke. It's ridiculous. I collect jokes in my brain. I collect Ro- people's bits. You know, my, my I, friend I don't do them. <laughs> no, but just to have them there, it's such a joy. Robert Dean and I text all the time about your joke about uh, rubies and gemstones. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> it's so funny. It's like, oh, it's so, but it's like, what a, even just like those little phrases, it's such a joy. And, and like, again, in a way that's so enthusiastic to be like, man, what a funny thing. I wish, I wish it were mine and I'm glad it's in the world. Yeah. What was your, what was your name for, uh, for your, your marijuana name? Oh shoot! Your strain of marijuana. Um, oh, I remember I was I was I had my earphones in and I spit out a drink and I don't ever. There was laugh at a dog. Was one laugh at a dog. That's it. Laugh at a dog. That's so um, yeah. And it's yeah. It's uh, uh, I love. I mean, like that's, that's a great favorite. brand of marijuana. It's laugh so silly. Yeah. It's so, but like, yeah, I love that stuff. And I think there's so much there. Sometimes there's like a withholding jealousy, but I think most of the time with, with comics, it's like a very appreciative, enthusiastic, collaborative, especially once you're dealing with people who are all kind of like career doing okay, or like yeah. all in the same level and are oh, like yeah. pushing each other out of the way for opportunities. It, it's very hard when you're, you're, you, you don't have any attention on you and you're claiming yes. for stage time and you're just like, yeah. how? And you're watching someone do twice their time for no yeah. reason. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. And when, when someone, when there's like, when your friends are like ascending to this other echelon yeah. of career where you're like, Oh, why not me? When is it my turn? Yeah. The, uh, the, the immortal, how'd you get that? How'd you get that? Yeah. That is the, the most frequent, how'd you get that? And who books that are like the two comedy advice questions, right? Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just, and there's no answer. There's never any, it's just, I don't even know. I regret never signing that on, um, on someone's like a uh, gift for someone's wedding, <laughs> but I guess so good. <laughs> Who books this? Oh, that'd be so fun. Yeah. For, for yeah, like, especially like a comics wedding. Yeah. 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 Cause only they would get it. Their mother's mm-hmm. like, why would you, what does that mean? I don't understand. Yeah. What do you books this? <laughs> you mean the venue? We can give them an email for the venue. It's like, I mean, you know, it's about a thousand an hour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, uh, as you probably know, uh, these uh, are all messages collected by uh, my producer, Renee, and I have no idea what they're going to say. So, uh, lately, we've had a lot about the, about the quarantine, um, mm-hmm. and so there might be some of that, but they're typically uh, just, just at random. So, uh, uh, roll the first call, Renee. Hey, Bronger. Um, my question or thing that I'm looking for advice on is just kind of inquiring about how you know when it's time to leave a job or how, I guess, you know, if a job's a good fit, I guess. Uh, essentially, I, you know, graduated from college about a year ago and took this job um, that I have currently because I thought it was like what I was supposed to do. It's like a professional office job with a nonprofit or whatever. So I thought that this was, you know, what I was supposed to be doing, but 
it's been about a year and I'm incredibly not very happy. Uh, essentially, the job involves just asking people the same questions over and over again over the phone and taking notes down. Um, may have revealed too much information there. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, when we started working from home, I just felt like they were taking advantage of me or us because they all of a sudden were giving us, like, 20 appointments a day instead of 10. And I have an offer from a good friend of mine who has a business up in Portland. She wants me to go work for her. But it's a sandwich shop, so it feels kind of like making my college career, my college education, like maybe not as important because I would just be working a job that I could have worked beforehand. But I'm thinking I might go work for her up in Portland. Um, she's setting me up with a job and a free place to live while I get on my feet and everything. It's just there's a lot going on right now, as I'm sure you're aware. So it kind of makes it hard to make some decisions. So any thoughts that you could give on the matter would be much appreciated. Um, thank you to you and whoever your guest is. And I hope you guys stay safe and healthy out there. Bye. Thanks, man. Thanks for calling. Uh, his name is Great Josh. Question. <laughs> Real good question. We, really I, I loved how he was specific. I get a lot mm -hmm. of people that are like, think about leaving my job. I don't know if I should. Let me know. Beep. Yeah. Come on, man. Uh, yeah, the, the perfect amount of specifics. Didn't get too into mm -hmm. it. Um, I, I, I'll just say, I always say, as uh, long as you have a, an adequate amount of security, steer into the, the direction of happiness. Because uh, it's just, you obviously are not happy at that uh, that job. And just, I can't say this enough. Do not uh, act as if there are certain jobs that are uh, adult and certain that aren't. And there's no mm -hmm. age you should be at this, that, the other, or whatever. That's about as antiquated as get a gold watch and retire at 50. Mm -hmm. So I think it sounds like a great adventure. And I'm biased because I love Portland. But like you sound incredibly unhappy. Josh, what would you say to this man? Yeah, I'm right with you. I think the idea of it, I know it might feel like this is like, it will invalidate the time you spent in school or whatever. It sounds like that's something that you're worried about, but like you can't, I think you can't live the future to make the past make sense. And so do this and like, so maybe college was valuable for different reasons or maybe it was it was a, an experience to learn about what you do and don't want. And I think like, right, as long as this job will um, will let you live and be okay and, and safe and healthy and uh, why not do that? It's, it's not like you're leaving this job during a, a bad economic time for nothing. Like you have a place to live, you've got a thing to do and maybe you love it. Maybe you decide that like, this is a field you want to work in. Um, and maybe this isn't good either. And you, and you move along to a new town, like the incredible Hulk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You keep moving around like Kane and Kung Fu. Mm -hmm. uh, it's uh, yeah. There's, there's nothing wrong with being a bit of a nomad. You're, I mean, didn't he say he was a year out of college? Yeah. That's a child. That's and it's so young. It's also like the the job there the the idea of supposed to is yes. um I think is a real barrier to success and, and and success in terms of like happiness and fulfillment and not that every job has to be um like you wake up every day you float to work you know it's like but there is I think there's something to be said for like if it doesn't make you happy and there is an alternative like there's no there's no point in doing it for the like respectability of what other people will think. Absolutely none. I, I would argue not even worth doing it for a ton of money. I mean, mm -hmm. it depends on your, on your, your comfort level, but I always think about, you know, when, when, when Kyle Kanane and I first moved to LA, we had this apartment that uh, uh, we called the, uh, the Royal house of Lords or the R. <laughs> And, uh, we, uh, it, you know, ironically, it was in a great area. It's actually like two blocks away from my house, Oh, cool! but it was, you know, like we didn't keep it that well. We weren't the worst, but it was two dudes living together and you could tell when you walked in. So, but I remember we would, we were laying, uh, you know, he was on the floor. I was on the couch watching TV. I like on a, on a, a certainly a hungover Sunday. 
mm-hmm. watching uh, something like a, um, uh, uh, I won't say Dateline because that's always murder, but like a, um, uh, a uh, like a, a sixty minutes segment mm-hmm. about twenty somethings that had jumped immediately to the financial world and were just getting worked like mules. They're making a ton mm-hmm. of money, but they were deeply unhappy, and they were talking about. I thought making this money would be fine, but I never have any free time to spend it. And I'm, 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 I'm sad all the time. And Kyle just laying back like on a pillow on the ground, just, just out loud went, you mean money can't buy you happiness? Holy (laughs) fucking shit, dude. Like just yelled it out. And it's, it's as simple as that. Like, it's you know, right. There is a level of, like you said before, financial security and, and, and comfort that where you're like, I don't have to worry that if, I, if I'm sick, that yeah. is going to ruin yeah. me. I, I am able to feed myself and keep myself in, in a home. Mm-hmm. And, and those things, I think there is like that level, there, you know, that kind of security is like yeah. absolutely money takes so much stress off your plate to have enough money to be okay. And then yeah, no. there's a level at which like, uh, the I think there's it just doesn't like what's it for what do you do what what do you want totally yeah exactly exactly and uh, like uh, one more thing before we get to the next call and I just I touched on this in a, a couple of the episodes because of people calling in um, there is uh, an abundance of companies assuming you have all the time in the world because you're home now and that's not true. Like they have to respect your hours. They have to respect the time they're paying you for. Mm-hmm. And the fact that that, you know, not for profit or not has to give him his space. So if they're, yes. if they're just loading him up and being like, Oh, just, you know, I mean, he could just, he could take the time and go, all right, this usually takes me this long, this long, this long. I will divide this over four weeks, but mm-hmm. I'm sure if he emailed them that they'd be like, mm, can you, I mean, we hoped uh, yeah. There, there was a there was a, a gal uh, last week um, who just she already solved the problem for herself. People, listeners know the story, but like she basically emailed this person back that was asking her to do extra work that was outside her mm-hmm. job description. Was like you know, with respect, no, kind of just and yeah, had already done that. So yeah, the fact that he's unhappy and the fact that they're pulling that crap, like. I move on and make sandwiches and focus on what you, what your next chapter is. Yep. That's yeah. my, I think that's great. Okay. Caller number two, Renee. Hi, Matt. I put my uncle has saved the date to my wedding out of pity. And now I don't want to send him an invitation. Uh, so my uncle has acted like an asshole a lot in his life and has pissed off my mom my dad, and my sister with his behavior. Mostly my mom harbors a lot of resentment that he drained my grandmother's savings playing the stock market, and he has never apologized or taken any responsibility for that. I know he cares about the family, and he shows up to funerals and texts me on my birthday, and I sent him a save the date mostly out of guilt and a sense of obligation. But all the other family members are invited, and I figured it would be a low blow not to invite him as well. Um, I mean, none of my family has ever told him to leave a funeral or anything like that. Um, today my cousin reposted an image on Facebook. If seeing people looting stores makes you more upset than watching a cop kill a black man, please work on yourself. Um, talking about the looting going and riots going on in Minnesota. Um, and my uncle had a lot to say in the comments condemning the looters and saying things like, I have lots of black friends and all lives matter. And now oh. I'm actually afraid I'm getting too political and maybe you're not going to touch this call, but Maybe you will, so I'll go on. He then sent a private message to a black friend of my cousins who was arguing with him in the comments. And she sent oh. all this to me and basically told me he's canceled. I don't know why it took this incident for me to realize that he's an asshole, but yeah, I, I think he's an asshole and I don't want him at my wedding anymore. No. Should I just not send him an invitation or be more direct and message him to let him know why he's not getting an invite? And if I do that, what should I tell him? Um, Matt, thank you. Love you. Love you too. Amazing call. Josh, it's your turn to take first stab. Well, he can't come to your wedding. That's number one. (laughs) He's not coming to the wedding. I think, I don't think you owe it to him to send a save the day, to, to follow up and tell him why. But I do think you owe it to yourself to tell him that he's not invited because you don't want him to think he's still invited. <laughs> That's what yeah. I, I, 
you he got the save the date i think in his mind until further notice he's invited to the wedding he'll probably ask where the invitation is if you don't get it so i think you know what you want from this you know you can nip it at the bud and i think you can um you can say as much or as little as you'd like um but like it's your wedding and unless uh, unless there is some other family pressure that is making you invite him which it doesn't sound like there is then i think you're free to to do this in any way you want i would i would say be mindful of not throwing other family members under the bus in a way that they might not be ready for but like if for you to take it on yourself i don't like the way this you do this i i don't I, I feel disrespected. I don't like the way you disrespect other family members. Uh, yeah, and you don't want this guy at your wedding. He stinks. And, and and it's okay to tell him that, and it's okay to tell him why. Yeah, I mean, just I literally have nothing to add. You nailed it. I wasn't surprised that we exactly had <laughs> parallel thinking here. I mean, it's just all there, but it is. I the, the, the piece of advice that was really hard for me to take is, and not that I really had any, we actually... Uh, made a huge mistake and over-invited because we thought the, the 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 reception venue was bigger than it was. And so we had to email a couple of family members and stuff and just like, I'm really sorry, we just can't. And they were very wow. understanding. I know it was awful, mm-hmm. so fucking awful. But we, we have so many, we we both have Irish backgrounds, you do the math. But mm-hmm. it's, it, so like, it, it, you know, it, it was one of those things and people were good. So it wasn't anyone I was like, I don't like them. They're friends of my friends. I'm not inviting them, you know? Yeah. But, I've ne- the advice I've never had someone go just invite him don't don't make waves make waves this is your yeah. day this is your day you can you can do anything you want to do and if there's any part of your heart or mind that's like I don't want them there then don't invite him and mm-hmm. I think it's you, you really nailed it in terms of give yourself a, 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 a uh, you said do yourself a favor I was thinking give yourself a treat by telling him. yes not not the gift of letting him going, you know GTFO but just give yourself the gift of him not giving the gift of his presence. You know, just, just email him politely. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm afraid you can't, however you want to phrase it. You know, you can go mean, you can go nice, whatever. Uh, obviously don't, yeah, it's all you, it's nobody else. That way he can't blame anyone. But yeah, the, the guy sounds like a turd. Yeah, there, he sounds really no, awful. Yeah. The only way you should have someone you actively dislike at your wedding at all is if the person who is paying for the wedding demands it. And even then, I think you should try to wriggle out of it. Yeah, but like, it, negotiate. Go, all right, yeah, what if, what if I don't make it a, an open bar? Can they mm-hmm. just not come? Yeah, yeah. It's a cash bar. Can we do <laughs> Because there's, it's your, it is a party for you, oh. and you don't, and it's the, it is, a big day, you want it to be really nice. And it's um, just having people that you think like should be there that you don't like is like to prune those people out of this one day of your life is so great. And if they're offended, then maybe they're just like getting the point that you don't like them very much. I mean, it's, it's people, it's people like that, that they prey on people's good, good natures and mm-hmm. keep abusing them, keep, yeah. uh, it, they, they don't work on themselves at all. They never look inwardly and just, they're the ones that, who are just, you know, it's that old uh, saying, if, if everyone's the asshole, you're probably the asshole. And I'm sure yeah. that guy is just like, everyone's against me. I don't get it. I'm such a rad dude. And it's like, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what, what age he's going to have to get to if ever where he yeah. finally goes, Oh wait, I'm, I'm kind of a shit. Like, yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. So I, I, I really hope she takes our advice because that's, yeah, that's, me too. That's no good. Okay. Uh, let's do, let's do one more. Hi, my name's Drew. I'm from uh, Rio del California. And uh, just wondering, what do we do? Um, you know, as white men in this country to uh, help change should be easy. Easy answer. <laughs> Thanks a lot for all you do. That's good to... First of all, I, I know this is your chance to take the lead. I'm so glad when he said, what do we do as white men in this country? I'm glad he went, you know, to help effect change. And it was like, to take it back. Oh, I know. I was just, Look, I don't, I don't care if someone calls like that. I will <laughs> offer. I treat everything sincerely. The humor comes naturally, you know. 
Uh, one reason I changed the podcast's name from Advice from a Dipshit is because I feel like people would, you know, may, might want to hear that podcast. I'm like, yeah, burn it all down, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As long as my gas prices stay low. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but like whatever. Uh, uh, so, but I would take that call. But yes, like you, I was so relieved. And I don't stand on ceremony. If, if you have something to offer right away, please. Oh, I mean, there's so much. You, but you, we talked about about what you were doing yesterday, and I think that's a really great place to start with that. Mm-hmm. The like kind of like media blackout stuff. Yeah, just I think to, to short answer, uh, talk to your racist relatives. That's the very hard thing. Uh, talk to the people around you that are still holding these conceptions. And, and, you know, I think the point is to not come at them guns blazing, but just get into a conversation about, about things. And it's all about framing. You know, one great example is like when the homosexual uh, marriage thing was around and people were like, it's against God's laws. You basically would say to them, well, so you want the government to tell you who you can't and can't marry. And they'd be like, no, well, yes, you do. That's what you're saying. You know, and it's not even about tricking people. It's that. And that's the hardest one. Donate, donate, donate right now to bail funds. Donate to Black Lives Matter. My wife and I set up a, a monthly thing. Um, educate yourself. Read uh, 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 black literature. Uh, turn away from your, your white guy comfort zone. We all have one. Uh, I would say uh, most of, uh, on the average, if I were to just throw an incredibly stereotypical uh, a heterosexual Caucasian lasso around it, Marvel movies. If all you watch are Iron Man movies over and over and over, maybe read uh, the Tahisi Kote's Black Panther series, or, you know, um, even he did a Captain America series as well, and read about social change. Um, That's just off the top of my head. Josh, you take it from here. (laughs) Sure. I I think it's it's a really scary moment for for a lot of people and and a really a really sad and heavy a heavy time but um i think like if the, if the question is like as as white guys what do we do i think like decentering our thoughts and feelings from the conversation and like listening and hearing what Thank you. what people what black people specifically are are asking of allies and side uh, note of course i left that one out of course i just talked <laughs> no that's a, i mean but no, that's it. That's this, it. We are here to talk. <laughs> Even I, I did the thing where I put up and 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 I'll just add and I'll let you go and I'll stop fucking cutting you off. But not at I, all. I I put up the black square and then I took it down because I realized, oh, I'm just taking up extra space and mm-hmm. and showing that like I'm with you, which yeah, is yeah. important, but it's not as important as listening. It's time for us to shut up and act, you know, and not yeah. our, our opinions, except me and you to this guy. So I'm sorry. <laughs> right. Now is the time. And then we'll stop for a while. Yes. yes. Uh, but yeah, I think that that's like listening and reading and learning. There's, um, there's so many resources online that uh, to like lists of books by black authors, um, black women, queer black people, I think is, is like a place to go to kind of like dig in and, and like learn broadly. And then, yeah, like you said, donate protest in person, if you can, uh, if that's not something that's available to you or, or healthy for you, um, then, you know, uh, I'm trying to think of what the other, but those, these are like the big ones. I think like a really, there, there's a real heaviness to this moment, but the, the way to push through it and in my experience, especially for people of like just white dudes is to like show up every day and, and and do it every day and like make a practice out of it. I called um, and wrote to, excuse me, wrote to like the comptroller and the mayor and my city council person to say like, Hey, we should rethink this city budget that allocates so like just this huge glut of money to the NYPD and reallocate that money towards resources that people um, that really help people day to day. Uh, and I think that kind of stuff, just like every day, don't feel like you have to solve it in one day. Don't feel like it's too big a problem and, and you, you have to be overwhelmed by the magnitude of this. And like, really one thing that's getting me through is like really seeing people who are showing up and doing the work and going, okay, I can follow in those footsteps. Yes. Yeah. And I'll, I'll do as much as I can, as often as I can, wherever I can. Yeah, and and I, I would not to say. I mean, I was. You look, if they say virtue is its own reward, then being an asshole is its own punishment. Mm-hmm. And uh, I I think 
you know, we kind of got to focus on virtue being its own reward where maybe you don't get to advertise what you're doing. Maybe yeah. this will get you nothing. This will get you nothing, but it will improve the world. It will improve the yeah. lives for the people who are disenfranchised. Uh, it's been very frustrating seeing influencers take pictures in front of broken windows and then drive home to, you know, Bel Air or whatever. Yeah. And, you know, that's an example of what not to do. Uh, yeah. But if you if you if you if you uh, show your support and make an effort, uh, I, I talk to, to trans friends and I'll slip and say the wrong pronoun and I'll go, I'm so sorry I called you her. And they'll say, look, you corrected yourself. That's all I ask. I'm not mad that you did that. And, and I appreciate that. Um, and and it's it's I think a lot of it is is, you know, not only working for the change, but also just showing the effort. Just, just showing that you're working. You know, I've, I've read stories of, um, you know, elderly white people going up to black people in, in public and going, I'm so sorry. I just want to say I'm with you. And they're, they're touched because it's just, it is, it is something, you know, it's not nothing. You got to do more, sure. But it's just the fact that this is causing people to make an effort. And also we're kind of calling people out who aren't. And, uh, oh, yeah. Look, it's time. It's time, man. And that, yeah. I'm sorry. No, no, please. That first thing you said about talking to like racist relatives and stuff, even people who are not, who you wouldn't say, like, oh, that person's a problem. I think if you want to be helpful, I think talking to the other white people in your life who are even on the fence about certain things, if you can bring them closer to where you think the world should be. Uh, I think that's really helpful. It doesn't have to be like the most virulent racist person you know, but if you go, oh, you see someone post something questionable on Facebook, you know, shoot them, shoot them a message. You go, hey, just so you know, uh, even if it's as little a thing, like uh, uh, um, yesterday morning, a friend of mine had one of those black squares up with the Black Lives Matter hashtag. And I sent her the uh, just a little note that was like, hey, I think this is people are finding this to be really harmful because it's clogging up this hashtag that people are using for information. Like yeah. no big deal, no yeah. judgment. But like, if you take it down and put it back up without that, I think it will, it is like a, um, a more, it is closer to doing what you want. And, yeah. and even just little things like that. If you see someone slipping or that you think could improve, like do, do that. And there's so much to, there are so, I mean, it is the, the racism and, uh, and like the specifically in this case, in these cases, the, the, violence by law enforcement against innocent black people yeah. is there's so it's so pervasive that all these things are little ways that you can and big ways that you can be helpful yeah all, all sorts of different times and and uh, look I didn't I didn't even think I was going to share this because uh, I I it's 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 incredibly hard to listen to but and it it, it broke me in half on Monday night but my, my wife and I um, do, be funny if this is the part that broke me now, my wife and I do prenatal yoga and I start bawling and that's the end. Yeah. No. Uh, <laughs> I'm not a man. Like, no. So we, we do it, we do it, uh, you know, just like this uh, via the internet and our, um, our, our yoga teacher is a, is a black woman whose studio is in Inglewood. And uh, this time, you know, we never know who's going to sign up. It'll be sometimes it's like seven women with like two husbands or three women and I'm the only husband, but it's also, I just go along with it and it's, it's good. It's good yoga, but it's, it's not for me, but it still helps my hips and blah, blah, blah. So, uh, I, we were on there and she, uh, she ha- was checked in and was like, how are you guys doing? You know, and Monday earlier this week was, was, I mean, this, the, the whole last five, six days have been pretty rough. Uh, but that was a pretty bad day. And, we actually just said, well, I won't say your name, but it was like, we're, we're hanging in there. We're not, it's, it's hard, but we, I really feel like we should ask, how are you? Are you okay? And she, she started tearing up and she started crying. And she basically said to us that she, she's a, she, she doesn't have a child, but she does yoga for pregnant women. And she's afraid to have a, a child because that child could be killed for being black. And I, 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 I was, I started weeping. Uh, it just was so powerful. And there was another woman who was, um, her, her, one of her parents is black. The other is not. And she has a husband who is white. And she says, 
I, I have to admit, I hate it that I am relieved that people will not know my, my child is black. I hate it because I love being black. And it was just, it was incredibly powerful. So I think just sharing that with white friends saying, what if you, every time you left the house, you had to be careful of being killed for uh, being accused of something or you know, uh, that, that the woman in Central Park who said to the, the bird watcher, you know, mm-hmm. I, I, a, an African-American man is, is threatening my life. I mean, basically re- signed his death warrant without even thinking about it. You know, that, that if, you, if you share something like that in terms of what would I, you know, like, <laughs> I keep going back to me, but I, I, I will put it like when we've all learned the story of the Holocaust since we were kids. But the, it, not until I walked on the grounds of Dachau when I was in, in Germany, when I was uh, backpacking through Europe. Fun party trip with friends, with my girlfriend. But I was walking around and it was, it was powerful, but I immediately just went, well, what if they killed my mom? And I just started crying. It's just, it's, you just have to personalize it. You have to put yourself in a, in a black person's shoes and imagine, imagine your family having that kind of treatment, you know? Yeah. I think really acknowledging the humanity of people who are off, who are being denied it is yeah. really important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Great. Well, I mean, and do your best and you know, do some yeah. shutting the fuck up. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> shut, shut the fuck up and learn and 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 understand. If, and just it's you're you're going to make mistakes. We all are. Mm-hmm. We're all going to make mistakes. And and but it's just it's just about trying. Life is about trying and yeah. failing and learning from those failures and trying again. That's really it. It's just effort, you know, and I, God knows I can do so much better. You know, you've often told me, Josh, you can't do any better, but yeah, and not in an arrogant way. Just, I don't think I'm capable of that much. I'm done. I hit a wall, man. Yeah. I, I, I often think of it wasn't the greatest movie, but there's a uh, that that Vince Vaughn, John Favreau, the follow up to Swingers, made made, yeah. It's funny, but it's not like it's not the the funniest one they they've done. But I, I just remember, you know, Vince Vaughn is playing a dick. Surprise, surprise. He's mm-hmm. always kind of a self self centered guy, but like he in this one, there's their job is to, they're supposed to clean this house up before it gets like re- renovated. They just got to sweep it out, and he sweeps like half of one room and goes, you know what? I just think I just don't think I'm good good uh, good for anything right now. I'm just gonna go home, take some time. Like he just bails on the whole job. <laughs> so it'd be funny if someone was just like, I just don't think I, I can you know do much more. Like I'm not good at it at reaching out to black people in their struggles. So I'm gonna just let you guys. I just think I'm sure there are people <laughs> that have that oh. feeling, and it's just like pushing oh, through and just being like, what what can what can I do? How can I improve? And, and and where can I be helpful is like, it's uh, it's like an ongoing process. Like you said, it's not, it's not like you have to get great. You, you don't have to be the most helpful person in America tomorrow, just like more helpful than you were yesterday and today. Yeah. And I mean, it's my hope that just like the quarantine has improved the environment of the world exponentially, you know, with our, 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 our water and our air, because the, the lack of, of industry going on with factories it's my hope that this horrible event will change things for the better for 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 the you know the 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 own future where you just there's no getting past these these five or six straight days of protests and rage you know it's just unforgettable it's not like one thing i remember there was that there was that um riot like I won't even call it like or not a riot, but a massive, massive, massive march after Trump was elected, and the news just didn't cover it that much. They're kind of like, eh, let it go one day. This is unnot coverable, you know. It's there's no other is, and there's a plague going on, and this puts mm-hmm. the plague off the front page. Yeah, I mean, to me, that it is so harrowing that people have to risk their lives God. by pandemic to to um protest this loss of this loss of life these, these violent murders yeah. and, uh, which is the only kind of murder i, I guess but um the that that people that this is happening and that 
you can be one of the people standing up to help to to make things better in all these different ways i find to be like okay then let's 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 get to work yeah that's really it i think that's a perfect button for the for the for the episode is there is there anything you would like to to shamelessly plug right now Sure. Um, if you're not sick of me and have any goodwill left towards me, I would say oh, donate towards the national uh, nationwide bail fund for people protesting to get them out of jail. I mean, bail funds always important because uh, it is bad when people cash bail is horrible and criminalizes yeah. poverty, and especially now when when people are um, the, the conditions with COVID are so bad in, in jails and prisons. Uh, and then if you just listen to that self-righteous screed and still have any goodwill towards me, I have a podcast called Make My Day. It's a one-on-one comedy game show where the only contestant always wins. <laughs> I love it. That's great. Thank you. Well, Josh, thanks for coming on. It was thanks for it, having me. This has been a, a this 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 doing this podcast uh, visually, like seeing my guests, has been a great way to see yeah the old friends that I don't. It's really I don't, nice. I don't see anymore, and uh, you know, uh, I'm glad that you, we put aside our 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 hideous grudge. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Do this real Hatfields and McCoy stuff. I know you. I know you fought tooth and nail with your wife to to let her let you yeah. on the on the mm-hmm. show um and hopefully her rage toward me will cool in time with- in time i think it might it might not i think <laughs> i think you know when you sent me that email it's telling me i would in no uh, uncertain terms i was not invited to your wedding because of the way mm-hmm. i treated everyone and how i drink yep because yep. of all God, yeah you took all my family's money and lost it in the stock market <laughs> Oh, the Swiffer knockout was a can't miss. Damn it. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for coming on, Josh, man. Take care, brother. Bye. This Might Help with Matt Bronger was created and hosted by me, Matt Bronger. Produced by Outer Circle Media. Executive producers Matt Kleinschmidt and Robert Kelly for the Laugh Button Podcasts.